You are tuned in to Awaken Radio with Connie Chapman. To listen to more episodes, go to ConnieChapman.com or subscribe on iTunes. Hi everyone, this is Connie and welcome back to another episode of Awaken Radio. Today I am bringing you my first interview for 2018 and I feel that this conversation is so perfectly and beautifully timed as we are still in the first few weeks of the new year and today's conversation is all about manifestation. So this topic is probably at the forefront of your mind as you're coming into 2018 really thinking about what you want to create in your life this year. So in today's episode, I am speaking with Jordana Levine, who is not only a friend and soul sister of mine, but she is a lunar lover, kitchen alchemist, manifester, podcaster, and writer who believes that manifestation, spirituality, and self-development is possible for everyone. Through her monthly sellout event series, Lunar Nights, her popular podcast series, The Inspired Table Podcast, her interactive manifestation mentoring programs, and her engaged social accounts, she is opening up a new wave of conscious souls to their own magic and empowering them to create the future of their dreams. Today, Jordana and I demystify manifestation and really break this concept down so that you can understand the various components of this powerful process and really apply it to your own life and circumstances. We take an energetic approach in this conversation today and speak about the power of vibration, intention, alignment, allowing, and following your intuition. We also talk about how to work with the principles of detachment, trust and surrender, as well as divine timing, which is especially important when you are manifesting something that you really, really want. Now, I have personally watched Jordana manifest some pretty incredible opportunities and abundance in her own life through the practices that she's going to share with you today. And she is someone that I often refer to as being an amazing manifester. So I hope you enjoy today's conversation and that you gain some powerful steps and tools that you can apply this year to bring your big, beautiful dreams to life. Hi, Jordana. Welcome to Awaken Radio. It is so awesome to be here with you. Hello, Connie. Thank you for having me. Oh, my absolute pleasure. I am really looking forward to diving into this conversation with you today. I know that you and I feel really excited and inspired to talk about manifestation, particularly coming into a new year. I think it's a really Mm -hmm. hot topic and I know it's a big passion of yours and something that I would say you're quite an expert at actually. So someone that I... Oh, I thank you very much. I'm really thrilled that I get to uh, spend this time with you and, and share your beautiful wisdom and tools with everyone who's listening. So as a beginning point, I really want to get an insight into your personal journey that you've walked to get to where you are now. I know that your work in the world encompasses so many different things from wellness and nutrition, yoga, self-care, working with the moon, manifestation, so many things. What, what really began this journey for you? What was the catalyst that got you on your wellness journey? What sparked this desire to practice these principles personally and then consequently come on to teaching them to other people? Yeah, you know what? It's a really good question. And I've tried to pinpoint that moment as if there was this one sort of catalyst that started it. But the truth is, I kind of grew up 
around the kinds of conversations that many people don't really sort of start having until they begin to make discoveries for themselves. And by that I mean, you know, um, at home when I was a child, we would be talking about energy and feelings and vibrations and the moon and there were always tarot cards and crystals and they were just a part of everyday life at home. And while I didn't kind of really understand it fully at the time or how it kind of fitted in, it did start to shape a lot of how I interacted in the world, you know, in my relationships, um, in my social interactions, how I solved problems. And eventually it came to shape the way that I did business. And, you know, there were these fleeting moments (laughs) There were these moments when I was growing up when I observed the power of manifestation, but I didn't really quite understand it. I thought for a really long time as a child that I was like super psychic Mm. because I would think things and I'd feel them, like I'd feel them viscerally and then they would come true. Wow. And I'd be like, oh, my God, I totally predicted that. (laughs) But I wasn't wasn't actually predicting it. I was creating it. And, you know, it was usually things like cancelled holidays, um, toxic relationships, um, broken feet. Yes, broke my foot a few times, things like that. And so these things started to feel like they were happening to me. But as I started to kind of really dive into it, I realised that they weren't happening to me. It was my energy that was creating them. And usually they were quite negative things. So I thought, well, hang on a minute. If I can use my energy in this way to create the things I don't want in my life, can I use that energy to create the things that I do? And I guess slowly as my career took many different paths, like you said, um, there's still a lot of hats that I wear. Mm. Um, I began to see what parts of me were integral to the progression of my future on my terms. And it came down to my energy and my vibration and who and what I chose to interact with. Mm. You know, kind of, And I think a lot of people can relate to this, especially in the workplace. I noticed how when I was in a toxic environment, I didn't perform well. You know, like when someone starts to tell you that you're doing stuff wrong all the time, you start to do stuff wrong all the time. I kind Mm. of, you know, I lost touch with myself and my vision and I slowly started to realise the power that vibrational energy held and not just my own vibrations but those of the people around me. Mm. Mm. They are profound insights and realisations to have and the ability to reflect and feel in that way to be able to see the correlation between your own energy and the results that you're getting at what age did you start to piece that together obviously when you were young you were quite sensitive and you were feeling a lot but when did you really start to be like oh whoa like I'm creating my life yeah it's interesting I think there were fleeting moments that I would remember and then very soon forget I think Um, I'll talk from personal experience because I don't want to make generalizations. But in my 20s, you know, I had profound insights and then I would conveniently forget them when I should really be remembering them. You know, like when I really needed those lessons, um, I would conveniently forget about them. But I was storing it all somewhere. And I think for me, 
I want to say that I always was awake. I feel like I never really went to sleep, but I feel like I really came into it when I hit my 30s. I think it's when I came out of my Saturn return. Yeah. Do you feel like we we sometimes have resistance to to these parts of ourselves, to maybe our true power, our intuitive gifts, our psychic gifts? I mean, it sounds like that happened a bit with you through your 20s. That was my experience in my 20s. Why would it be that we sometimes are afraid to fully step into this stuff and own it and really apply it in our lives? I think because there is so much about it that we don't know. And mm. and I think that we what we do know about it is that it's so goddamn powerful and people don't know what to do with that power. Yeah. Especially as women, we're, we're sort of it's kind of drummed into us that we can't handle power and we can't handle being in control of our future. It's much easier to think that things happen to us and that we don't really have a say in it. We're either lucky or we're unlucky, you know, but to, to kind of take ownership and responsibility, that's something that is that we we're not really told that we have as women. You're taking full ownership of your life, right? Which I think can be quite confronting. That was my experience when I really grasped that I was the creator. You're forced to then be like, well, if I don't like this situation, I can no longer complain about it. I kind of got to do something about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's all, you know, that's all part of the manifestation Mm. journey. You've got to take the light with the dark or the light with the shadow. Mm, so let's talk yeah. about manifestation okay. and you know it's a it's a hot word people will be hearing it around a lot and and maybe actually don't fully get what manifestation means mm. and can you share your perspective on what on what you think manifestation is how you would define it and how is this different to us just making something happen in our lives yeah totally I think um I think that it can be very misinterpreted, the idea of manifestation. I think people think that it's like witchcraft and magic, mm. which that there are magic elements to it, of course. But to really simplify it, and I want to make manifestation as simple as possible, it really is about taking ownership and responsibility of the co-creation of your future, of your own future. Many people are kind of, I said it before, you know, under this false impression that the things happen to us Mm. and that we have no way in how our life unfolds. But really manifestation is about finding this balance, this sweet, sweet balance between action and surrender. And part of that is knowing yourself inside and out, observing your energy, knowing where it should go, knowing where it's leaking and being able to trust in something far greater than you. So whether that is God or the universe or source, creator, whatever you want to call it, having an awareness that there is something, as Gabby Bernstein puts it, that has your back. Mm. So That's you, manifestation. You mentioned co-creation and I, I love that term. I use it a lot in my work as well. What does that mean to you, co-creation? Because again, people might think, well, manifestation is, okay, I know where my mindset's at, I know where my energy's at, but I've still got to go and make this thing happen. What's the co-creation piece that you said is this sort of sweet spot between action and surrender? Yeah, well, I think that's it. I think that sums it up. It's It's this balance between action and surrender. It's knowing that you play 
just as much an equal role in your future as this force that is greater than you. Mm. So whether you think that's karma or you just think that's your lot in life, however you want to look at it, your role and your action steps have just as much as an effect as this greater force does. Mm. Do you see it as... I often describe co-creation as a dance, like kind of like Mm -hmm. I take one step forward, then the universe comes back and meets me. And then I take a step forward, the universe meets me. I sort of feel like we are, we have to be listening to the universe and watching what's coming back to us in response to what we're putting out. Is that how you kind of see it as well? Yeah, I do see it like that, but I think it's got to be, I think you've got to be very careful in that instance that it's not, that it is, I'll take a step, you take a step with me and not an eye for an eye or like, Mm. hey universe, I did this, now it's your (laughs) turn, you know, which I think I've had that conversation with the universe before. I'm like, come on, I'm doing so much here. Yeah. And that's the surrender piece, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, hang on, maybe there's a bigger plan here. And and I mean, we'll get to that. That's all about really kind of trusting and leaning into it. But um, yeah, I do think it's this beautiful dance between you and the universe, but it's also not having like a, a, um, a deal or a contract that you feel kind of bound to. Yeah. Or an agenda or an expectation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've sometimes practiced that with surrender, actually, where I'm like, okay, universe, I'm surrendering, so bring me my thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is not surrendering at all. <laughs> at all. And you learn that lesson the hard way, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I want to talk about energy because this is mm. something you've just begun to um, drop in. And again, when we're talking about, from my perspective, how we communicate with the universe is through our energy. And I know you talk a lot about the law of vibration can you explain to me what that means and how we take ownership of our own energetic vibration yeah absolutely so um the law of vibration which is the law that i use as part of my formula for manifestation pretty much states that everything in the universe vibrates on its own frequency and that things with a similar frequency are drawn together So a really simple way of explaining that, and there's a few different ways, but I find that this way really resonates with people. You know, when you pull like an Oracle card or a tarot card and you're like, holy shit, like that just, that really resonates with Mm -hmm. me. That card, I needed to pull that card. That card was for me. The reason that we pull those cards that resonate with us is because the frequency that vi- that we're vibrating on is matched to the frequency of that card and the energy of that card. Mm. And that's why we're drawn to pull it. And the same thing happens, you know, when you meet certain people and they're lovely, uh, you've got things in common, there should be ground for you to have this amazing connection with them, but the energy's off, the vibration's off. So you're mm. not vibrating on the same frequency as them and that's why there feels like this real resistance and I think that every everyone can relate to that in some way or another Mm. so from a manifestation perspective you know and this is really where I started to grasp this and come into my power a lot more that we can sit here and say okay if I know that where my energy is vibrating will attract things from the universe and in my life circumstances that match the vibration of what I'm, I'm radiating and putting out, then yeah. it's my responsibility to 
look after my own vibration and really bring it into a space that will come will take me into alignment with what I want in my life right Mm. yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um I think that it can feel quite complicated for people though because they don't they don't understand how to stay in their vibration mm. and what that even means. I mean these are all words that we use quite regularly Connie, but you know the everyday person walking around doesn't know what energy or vibration is so they don't even know that they're first of all how to how to manipulate it to work in their favor but that they're doing it anyway and that this is the thing about manifestation we're all doing it every second of the day Mm. it's just about the teachings that I like to give to people is how to do it consciously how to do it in a way that's going to serve you so that you can create the future that you want do you think it's based on paying attention to how you're feeling I know the teachings of Abraham there's some people that I've really studied they talk about your emotional guidance system and they share that every emotion carries a different vibration so for example fear or shame or guilt radiates at a very low heavy dense vibration whereas joy inspiration passion is a high light finer vibration that they share would therefore align you with things in life that are more abundant and joyful and expansive and fulfilling. So do you think there's, do you think that's part of the key is paying attention to how we're feeling? Absolutely. I I work with the, the work that I've done with manifestation over the last few years has come from my own personal study of it, listening to people like Abraham and Esther Hicks and really kind of using the people that come to my events as case studies because that's the best way to figure out how it all works. Mm. And over that time period, I've kind of come up with this equation and, and I call it the manifestation equation. And and it's everything that we've been talking about put together. It's like, um, you know, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So it, the way that the equation works is it's thoughts plus feelings, vibration, which we've been talking about plus actions, mm. plus trust or faith equals manifestation. Mm. And, you know, for a very long time, people associated manifestation with the law of attraction. Mm. And that was basically, you know, saying that positive thoughts create a positive outcome, negative thoughts create a negative outcome, which, which is absolutely true. But thoughts alone aren't enough because a huge percentage of our thoughts, I don't know what it is, I think it's like 85% of them, are not even true. Mm. And then a huge chunk of those thoughts were the same thoughts that we had the day before and the day before that and the day before that. So thoughts alone, unfortunately, are not enough. And that's when we bring our feelings in and and our vibration. And that is definitely part of it, definitely part of it. It's a huge part of it, but without the last two bits of the equation, it's redundant. You can have all the feelings and vibrations that you want, but if you're not taking the action and you don't have the faith and the trust in you deserving it and that something greater than you is working with you, then the equation just kind of falls apart. Does that make sense? It makes 100% sense. So I think part of let's say we're wanting to manifest something new would we say the starting points are to really look at where is our mindset at around it and how are we feeling about it before we move on to the action trust component would they be like starting steps yeah so i always you know i always start with setting an intention Mm. 
when we're manifesting. And I think the way that you can look at thoughts is the thoughts are the origin of our intention. So you've got to come up with the intention, right? That starts in our mindset. Then the feelings that we place behind the intention, that's what Mm. creates our energy and vibration. And that's what brings it in. So I always say to people, if you're setting an intention, it's really important that you have a feeling associated with that intention. So that feeling can either be within the intention or you can just kind of tack it on the end of the intention. How would having this thing that I want so badly make me feel? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And that comes into that whole Abraham way of feeling, you know, joy, abundance, happiness is this really light energy. We're going to attract a similar vibration towards Mm. us. And then we move into what baby steps can I take? What is my role in this? How can I create space for this intention to come towards me? Can I ask about the action piece? Because here's a part where I've noticed my ego can kind of hijack the manifestation process is where I'm like, here's my heart's desire. Here's what I want. Here's how it will feel. There's beautiful energy. And then without realizing if we are actually not fully in that space of trust or if we start thinking, well, then how is this thing going to happen? I've noticed I can take over the process by then getting really actiony and mm. kind of trying to make it happen. Or we can go the other way, which is just like, oh, great, I'll just let it go and it's going to come to me. Yeah. And what's kind of worked for me is really listening to my inner voice and my intuition around the true yeah. guided steps. What do you feel is that, that again, that sweet spot of how we find the, the right inspired action to take? Yeah, look, I think it's all intuitive based, Mm -hmm. like you said, and I think that deep within all of us, there is an internal compass and an inner knowing. And I know you speak a lot about that, Connie. And to really access that intuition, to really trust in your own actions and trust in the universe, you need to have a really intimate relationship with yourself. You really need to be quiet and be still and tap into that intuition. If you can't tap into your intuition, I really, really feel that manifestation will escape you. Mm. Mm. And why Mm. do you think that is? I just think that until you can have a positive, deserving relationship with yourself where you feel like that you are worthy of the things you are trying to create in your life, Mm. then it will be impossible to bring that vibration towards you. It is a block. It's a yeah. massive, massive block. Well, look, I've, I consider myself to be a great manifester, but I've had a lot of experiences where I've called things in, but I haven't been able to hold them mm. and they've kind of fallen apart or I've sabotaged them or I've, um, it, it's all started off well and then it's kind of like become a mess and fallen apart. And I think that's, partially knowing that there's something below the surface or in my energy field that Mm. doesn't feel worthy of it or or it feels too big for me it feels too good for me whatever that is so um what's your process around how we how do we uncover what might be sabotaging what we want to call in and and how do you personally work through that when you identify an inner block yeah, absolutely. Look, I think there's I think there's two major things that are at play when we're finding that our manifestations aren't manifesting. Mm. Um, the first thing is limiting beliefs, which is what you said. It's, you know, our belief systems 
are basically a series of thoughts that we've had over and over and over again until we believe them as gospel. Mm. And a lot of us aren't aware of what our limiting beliefs are. Um, sometimes we can trace them back to where they've come from. Sometimes, you know, it's in our DNA and our ancestry. Or, you know, it could have been something we picked up at school or read in a magazine or, you know, a particular incident that triggered it. But when limiting beliefs come into play, they block the manifestation equation. And sometimes to shift a belief, it can be as simple as bringing awareness to it, mm. just taking the time to go, well, hang on, why why isn't this happening for me? What is blocking me? Do I not believe that I'm worthy of it? Did someone tell me along the line that I could never have that? Mm. Do I believe that on a cellular level? Because when we start to believe things on a cellular level, that is also affecting our vibration. Mm. Because again, talking about feeling, it's it's something I like to look at is how do I feel about my desire? And that usually gives me an indication around whether or not there is some type of subconscious limiting belief or not. Because oh. like, say, for example, this year, I'm focusing on calling in a relationship. And yeah. on one level, it feels exciting. It feels beautiful. It feels fulfilling but sometimes when I've thought about his presence in my life because I believe that's part of the practice is really like you know act as if call it into the present moment Mm -hmm. and really imagine it being here and just feel that right so you're radiating I have it I have it it's here but then sometimes I notice like discomfort like oh well then he's going to want to spend a lot of time with me and and how will that affect my work and what if he wants to become really intimate and close with me and see parts of me that I'm you know uncomfortable to be seen and then I'm noticing my stuff coming up so that for me is a little process around how I I uncover the blocks and I think really that that again what you said paying attention to how you feel will let you know how in alignment you are with it yeah yeah Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, sometimes just having the awareness of it is enough. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's deep rooted. And so with things like that, I I personally have a kinesiologist that I see. I have had profound shifts with that type of work that works for me. Um, Another thing that's really great is like EFT, um, tapping, all of those sorts of holistic modalities can be really helpful when it comes to shifting those ingrained limiting beliefs. Unfortunately, talking about it over and over and over and over and over again sometimes just exacerbates it. Yeah. I find that when we can kind of dive deep, find the original spot that this belief manifested and clear it, then we're free to move forward. But I, th- yes. I think it's also important, Connie, to say at this juncture that limiting beliefs will definitely block your manifestation, but sometimes all that's stopping it coming through is the timing of your life and trusting in the timing of your life. Mm. And that because it's not coming through now doesn't mean it's not coming through at all. It's not the right time for it to come through. Oh, now that's a tricky point to come to, isn't it? Because particularly when you when you fully own your role as a manifester, as I do, and I'm pretty good at manifesting stuff, but as, you know, we've been touching on, there are some areas where I'm still waiting for some things to come along. And my 
um, the part where I get tripped up is I make myself wrong and I start thinking, well, what am I doing wrong in my manifestation process? Because he's not here yet. My relationship isn't here yet. So how, how do we, how do we tap into that, uh, understanding of the divine timing and really, uh, trust in, in that bigger picture? Yeah, look, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to say it, it, it comes back to intuition again. Yes. Um, we've been having this conversation a lot lately around relationships, you and I, mm-hmm. and I have also been trying to manifest love. And I really noticed in the last few months, for me, it's not about limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. It's not about blocks. It's about the divine timing. And I've really come full circle and have really kind of um, surrendered to the fact that when it comes, it will come and it's not now, for Mm. now, today. I mean, it might be tomorrow, he's hoping, (laughs) Mm. but just relaxing around that because I really, it really messed me up for a long time. I thought, how can I teach manifestation to people? How can I have these large groups of people coming to see me every month and me still not having a soulmate. Mm. Like that is just not a good advertising. Mm, wow. Acting, no? Yeah. Yep. But I really, the more that I get intimate with myself, the more that I build a really strong relationship with myself, have I realized that it's not a limiting belief. It's just divine timing. Yes. And this makes me think of something really big that I'm teaching as we come into the new year, which is the manifestations or outcomes that we want to experience in our life are never just about the outcome. They're all about the journey we're on in the lead up to being Mm -hmm. able to receive that or hold that. Um, I think it's who do we become along the way in the manifestation of this thing. And sometimes those desires that take a long time to manifest is because there's profound learnings and growth for you as a woman going on in the lead up to manifesting this do you do you feel that for yourself personally oh absolutely Mm. absolutely and you know the reward is all the more sweeter Mm. when you've waited for it right Mm. and to really appreciate it when you get it and that is also part of the divine timing right it's like what can I learn how what path can I go down no matter how long that path is so when I finally get there I really appreciate it because I would hate to meet the man of my dreams and not be able to fully encompass how amazing the opportunity is Mm. you know and let it go. I know that I'll, I'll really hold on to it when I get it. <laughs> mm. And what's your work around? And you did touch on it in terms of listening to your intuition and the divine plan. But what's your work to not be in the energy of waiting? Because I believe energetically waiting, holding our breath, noticing it's not here is like an energetic repellent. I think it just keeps us in the space of waiting. How do we still, what, or how do you practice really loving and appreciating where you are while knowing there's things that you want that aren't here yet? Um, look, I think, I think non-attachment is a really mm. big part of manifestation and I think it's one of the trickiest um trickiest parts of manifestation too it can be you know tirelessly 
painful trying to not attach to something that you really, really want. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and honestly, I, it comes back to that equation. It comes back to action and trust. You do what you can, you let it go and you have to trust. Mm. I can't, I can't expand on it more than that. I think, and I think trusting is such a, it's, it's a very hard thing to teach somebody, you know, there's not a list of step by steps, but it does take practice. But the more that you do it and the more that you see that it works and you will see that it works the more you can lean into it. It took me, look, I think it honestly took me about two solid years of really working on trusting to trust. Um, And I think a lot of us, a lot of our limiting beliefs are around trust. We actually just don't believe that it will happen. Yes. Yeah. And the way I see trust, and this goes so deeply back to what you said about the relationship with your intuition, which I do think really is the foundation of manifestation and of, of really working with this process, is that for me, trust is trusting in what I feel and know rather than what I see with my eyes. And I think for most people, we go, oh, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. You know, I'll trust yeah. that it's coming when I have proof and evidence. And if, you know, again, talking about men, this is a really relevant conversation for both of us. If I was to look with my eyes at all the evidence I have, which is not having much happen in my love life in the past 12 months, seeing, you know, being on dating apps and not meeting any guys that I like, all this evidence and proof, right, that he's not going to come along. That could be one way that I could really wig myself out around the manifestation, and I have at times, because when you want to find proof to help you believe it's going to happen, versus when I go into meditation, and I'm sure this is the same for you, and I feel his presence, and I feel my intuition giving me my guidance, it's like... I know it's done and I don't need the proof with my eyes. So that's my personal process. Is that the same for you? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. But I also don't want people to feel deterred if they try and tap into the feeling and they can't feel it. And then that makes them anxious. I know, I think I've said this to you before, Connie, sometimes I can really feel him there and sometimes I can't. Yes, no, <laughs> me too. I, I agree. When I can't, I flounder and I freak <laughs> out and I'm like, he's walked off in the other direction. What have I done? But I think, you know, it's about what's going on in your life at the time. It's about, you know, how your day unfolded and your own energetic vibrations and the vibrations of the people around you. So, you know, if you can't always feel into it, that, that's not an indicator that it's not there. But yes, we can't trust what we see and only trust what we see because we don't always see everything. We've got blinders on that we don't even know we are wearing. And I think that interferes in manifestation is looking for proof, isn't it? Where it's like, oh, I've put it out and and where's the proof that it's coming? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And sometimes, you know, it just needs to be, it's revealed to us slowly. Mm. And sometimes we can't even see it for ourselves. I know at times I've manifested stuff and haven't realized and you've said to me um George you did that and mm. I was like yeah, I totally did that <laughs> you know so you've just got to you just got to open your eyes it's about waking people up and it really is an intuition as well it's really and it's such a buzz thing to say at the moment but it's so true it's really a remembrance it's all deep within us we just need to locate it mm. it's like an innate part of 
who we're here to be. I think we're born to be creators and most of us have forgotten that and a lot of us are waking up to the remembering of that as you're saying. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's part it's part of our role in, you know, as a human. Mm. It's part of the human experience mm. and part of our place in the universe, really. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What uh, what role for you does the moon and the moon cycles play in your manifesting? Because I know you teach a lot about working with the moon and you have your lunar nights events that you run. Uh, how do you incorporate the energy of the moon into your manifestation processes? Oh, well, you know, I am a big fan of the moon. Big fan. Um, <laughs> big fan. <laughs> First of all, the moon, you know, the moon is a beautiful and easy to understand representation of one of many universal cycles. Um, and for me, tapping into the universal cycles is one of the key paths to learning trust mm. and trusting in the ebb and the flow of life. Um, cycles teach us about, you know, our energy highs and lows, the yin and the yang, light and shade, and also, you know, the dependability and stability of predictable repetition, so of the rising and the setting of the sun, of the moon cycles, of our menstrual cycles, of the breath, mm. the inhale always followed by the exhale. But the moon especially, energetically, is such a magnificent tool to really support and embrace the power of manifestation. So without going too far into it, because I could talk about it for an entire podcast episode, there are eight moon phases that run through a full 28 to 29 day lunar cycle. And the first half of the lunar cycle is the waxing phase. So it's this real sort of yang energy, proactive energy. It kicks off with the new moon. It's a great time to set intentions and practice the action part of the manifestation equation. Mm. And then the second half of the cycle is the waning phase. It's when we slip into a yin energy and it kicks off with the full moon. And it's kind of this sort of passive energy and it's time to surrender and it's the trust part of the manifestation equation. And that's what the moon really taught me. Of all the things that it brings energetically, it really taught me to trust and surrender because we are all very skilled at doing but not always at just being. And receiving. And receiving. I think, can we talk about receiving actually? I hadn't had this on my yeah. things I was going to talk to you about, but I actually think this is one of the biggest parts because again, I'm pretty good at the yang thing and I'm pretty good at the great, what's mm. the action I have to take? But then the part where I do, we do energetically sit back, step back, say like, like with, you know, nature is such a beautiful metaphor I've planted my seeds and now you know I sit back and I nurture them but I don't go and check on them every five minutes and see if they're growing um <laughs> you don't I do <laughs> well I actually <laughs> never tried to grow plants but if I did I think I'd be there like every five minutes I would um but look, look there's lessons in there isn't it for detachment yeah. and letting go and allowing and Absolutely. receiving can you just mm -hmm. talk on receiving and its role in being in the energy of receiving and allowing in manifestation yeah absolutely um I like to think of receiving um around the breath I think it's a really beautiful representation of it um so if we think of the four parts of the breath and there are four parts to the breath we've got the inhale 
We've got this slight, very slight pause at the top of the inhale. We've got the exhale. And then we've got the pause at the bottom of the exhale. And, you know, the inhale really is um, a representation of how we receive things. Mm. Um, The pause at the top is how we sit in that receptiveness. And I think a lot of us struggle at the top of the breath. It's that okay, I've received, do I deserve this? Oh my God, I don't, I don't. I'm going to breathe out. I'm going to exhale. I've got to give back. I've got to do, Um, I've got to take action. So we exhale, we let the breath go. And we don't even really do that with mindfulness. You know, we just got to get that breath out of us, you know, Mm -hmm. and then it's this pause at the bottom before we can receive again. And I think it's a funny thing because as humans, we find it hard to receive, but we don't find it hard to take. And I think that those words in themselves are quite similar, but there's a different vibration behind them, right? Yes. Yeah. So take is on your own terms. It's still action. It's still action. Where receiving is you're still gaining something. You've still got something um, being brought towards you, but you have no role in it. You have no action. You just have to surrender and receive it. And I think Mm -hmm. that that's a really good way of looking at it because for many of us, unless we're in control, we don't feel like we deserve it. Mm. Yeah. So I think the control is big, isn't it? Yeah, it is big. And we're all control freaks. You know, (laughs) I think it's, it's part of being a Westerner, a Western was kind of, I mean, yeah, I mean, m- many of us are more controlling than other people. I, I think that I'm a control freak when it comes to my own own life. I like to be in control. I like to say when I'm going to inhale and when I'm going to exhale. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, even the, the reason that I use the breath as an example is because many of us are going through life with a really shallow breath, you know, mm. and we should be taking mindful, deep belly breaths and that's what puts us in a parasympathetic state oh Mm. no it's sympathetic state you know so I think that I think that when it comes to receiving it it comes back to the trusting Mm. it comes back to really trusting and knowing that you've taken the action and now it's time to receive you've you've taken the exhale and now it's time to inhale again and what I also love about how this fits into manifestation and the magic of manifestation is that it's not something we can control or is often logical in that sometimes we're putting out things that we think we're going to be receiving a certain thing in return, but we receive something else completely in return. Mm-hmm. Like for example, you know, the, the yang and action part of my work is I put out my content, I do my work, I offer my services and logically I would think, okay, that comes back in the form of clients and payments and whatever. But sometimes the universe just brings me something like a magazine feature that I hadn't even known was coming, but they give me a three page spread or an interview on a high profile podcast where suddenly there's a lot of energy coming at me and people finding out about me. And they're the parts of the receiving that I personally struggle with. When it's like the universe suddenly brings you something big and magical and beautiful, which is a result of what you've put out, mm. but wasn't something you were intentionally you know, trying to create. And that's what I think is the real magic piece of, of manifestation. Um, I'm sure you've had stacks of those experiences as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think a huge part of manifestation is to not get tied down in the specifics of how your intention is going to manifest. Because when we think about how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, why it's going to happen, we start to put all these boundaries around the manifestation. Yes. And really, we need to trust that what the universe brings us will be this or something better. So do we stay broad with what we're intending or should we get into specifics? We stay specific with the vibration and the feeling, yeah. but we don't get too specific about what it is that's coming towards us. And that, you know, that goes back to, um, you know, Danielle Laporte, core desired feelings, you know, Mm. it's tapping into the feeling, the desired feeling rather than the specific outcome. You know, I manifested some massive things in 2017 and there is no way that I could have predicted how they came about or where Mm. they came from and who brought them to me, you know. But what came to me were the feelings and the vibrations that I was trying to manifest. Yes, perfect. Mm. I I have a lot of people often ask me about things like that with manifestation around how specific they they should get. And I think the specifics can be there to help you activate the feeling because sometimes I know if I'm describing the man I want to call in, if I really get into the specifics of him, it actually helps me find the feeling space of him more. But I also don't have a checklist. I've heard some people talk about manifesting men with a real checklist. Mm. Do you think that's limiting to have a list like that? I think it's limiting to a degree. Um, I think it depends what's on your checklist. If you're listing physical attributes, yeah, I think that's mm. really limiting you. If you're if you're listing um, foundational vibrations like, um, you know, I want him to be kind and generous and driven and, you know, all of those sorts of things, they are they are vibrations within themselves. So I think in that respect, Mm. that's okay, most definitely. But when I think you start to go, he needs to be a banker and he needs to be six foot two and he needs to have lots of brothers and sisters and his parents need to be married and, you know, like then you really start to limit yourself, right? Yes. And again, coming back to, well, then how would it make you feel if he was driven or he was grounded or he was this or that? And then we say, well, what impact would that have on me energetically? And then that's when we're back in our power, aren't we? Absolutely. And that's a very good point, Connie. We cannot manifest things for other people Mm. and we cannot manifest change in other people it always has to be a personal experience so yeah you can manifest the perfect man but it's the perfect man for you so how is he going to make you feel and will him being driven impact you positively then that's the feeling that you need to draw upon what does his drive spark in you yes yeah yeah beautiful beautiful and and ultimately our manifest manifestations are there not to make us feel a certain way, but almost help activate more of the feelings we're already creating inside of us, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. As a final question, I'm wondering, have you come into 2018 with anything that you've set up around manifestation practices or tools? Like, do you have a vision board? Are you um, doing daily visualization? Is there anything that you're really setting up in your life to help you manifest what you want this year? Oh, um, well, it's funny. My word of <laughs> my word of 2018 is fluidity. So Ooh. I'm trying to be very 
fluid in my practices. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's some tools that you know and personal practices that I've used for a really long time about uh, around manifestation. And there's some new things that I'm coming into in 2018. So for me, meditation is key. Yeah. And you know, I know a lot of people freak out when you say meditation and they say, "Oh my god, I can't do that." But for me, meditation is simply sitting in stillness and in silence and connecting to source. So for Mm. me, it's about finding grounded energy and connectedness to the earth, to the physical realm, and then taking that energy from below and connecting myself to something higher and greater than me. Mm. So that's meditation for me. Um, I also like to use high vibrational tools like crystals. Um, Crystals and um, uh, like um, what's well, how would you uh, like scents like yeah. scents so either essential oils or incense or sage some sort of aroma and what those crystals and those scents do for me is they serve as a kind of anchor point so when you're trying to manifest something in the future I think it's really important that you stay grounded in the present so for me having some sort of an anchor point and some sort of a familiar ritual is really important in my personal manifestation practice Um, I also think like I said before having a really strong relationship with yourself so I make sure that I take time for myself I disengage from things that are lowering my vibration and Mm. by that I mean people that I don't feel comfortable around, conversations that aren't, that are kind of leading off on a tangent that makes my vibration feel low. Um, Yeah, anything that's kind of lowering my vibration, I'm very conscious of that. The foods that I eat, you know, and I'm, you know, I eat indulgent foods, but I'm just very conscious that I'm getting enough high vibrational food and staying away from the stuff that really kind of makes me feel lethargic and kind of um, uh, lost within my energy. So like sugar, for example, I'm not very good when I eat sugar. Yeah, absolutely. I think when you're in, when you're taking responsibility for your own emotional state, how you feel, the vibration you're emanating, you're really clear what helps lift me up into that good feeling space and what kind of takes me away from that. And then you can look at all the things in your life that you either want to increase or or let go of. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then uh, the last thing for me for 2018 is, um, is movement and, and the practice of really embodying these manifestation teachings. So, you know, I've done yoga for many, 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 many years, but it's only in the last couple of years that I've really realized the impact that it has on directing energy through our body and how we can use our own physical body and the movement of that energy in the practice of manifestation. Mm. And it's about opening our chakras it's about opening our hips where we store all of our emotions opening our heart space you know and to really do that through the embodiment of the practice I think that yoga is a really really impactful way to do it so I'm incorporating that into my own practice and I'm really starting to incorporate it into my teachings as well love that I also find yoga really helps me with receiving it helps me open up to receive and feel safer receiving 
um, absolutely yeah yeah especially like yin yoga you know it really Mm. gives you that opportunity to surrender and be still and for people that can't or everybody can but for people who struggle with meditation I really recommend trying a yin yoga class Mm. Mm. dropping Mm. you into that still space where you can hear your intuition right yeah beautiful Uh, Jordana, can you share with us what we can expect from you this year? I know a lot is shifting and changing with your work and you're offering some really exciting new things in 2018. So can you share with my audience where they can find out more about what you do and some of the cool things we can expect from you this year? Yeah, absolutely. So if people want to check me out, they can head to my website, which is jordanalevine.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N-N-A-L-E-V-I-N.com. I will continue to run my intention setting and manifestation event, Lunar Nights, which takes place on or around the new moon every month in Sydney. Um, We're also going around Australia with Lunar Nights this year. So the next few venues, the dates haven't been announced yet, but I'll be heading to Byron Bay and to Brisbane and back to Melbourne. Um, I'm also doing some yoga events this year. So like I said before, I really believe in the embodiment of the manifestation practice and yoga and pranayama breathing is a really beautiful way to explore that. Um, And then lastly, I run manifestation coaching sessions. So I really believe that for a lot of people, when they start off in their practice, it really just takes some accountability. And so many of us, can understand the teachings and read the self-help books, but we find it very hard to stay in the practice. Mm. And so with my coaching sessions, it's really about keeping you in that practice so that you can see it unfold. And when you see it unfold, that's really when you start to trust in it. Um, Yeah, so Mm. that's kind of what's happening. Social media is a really good way to keep in touch with what I'm doing. So you can find me on Instagram at Jordana Levine. And I've got a really beautiful Facebook group, which is called Lunar Night. So if you just search that on Facebook, it will come up. And we talk about the moon in there and manifestation. And it's a really beautiful community. So it's a really great place to be. Awesome. And I will put links to all of the things you mentioned in the show notes for this on my website and on the um, on iTunes as well so that people can easily access it and also tune into your podcast, The Inspired yes. Table, which I have also been on. So yes. definitely recommend checking that out too. Yeah, cool. Thank you. I forgot about that. <laughs> Got a little plug. Forgot about your own podcast. Yeah, I did. Oh, honey, thank you so much for being here today. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I feel like we've covered so many interesting areas of manifestation and I've learned some things from you as well today. So thank you for your time. I've loved, loved talking with you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. And um, I made a few discoveries myself today. So that was really nice. So thank you so much. Well, I hope the audience makes lots of discoveries as well as a result. So thank you to everyone who's been tuned into this week's episode of Awaken Radio. Loved being here with you. And I will talk to you again next time. 